0: He died for you, he died for me From our sin he set us free He loved to save his life he gave So if we ask we can
1: Hello, I'm Rick Hurtless, founder of His Gospel Power. Thank you for joining with our program once again this week. We are growing closer and closer and closer to Christmas, and we are also seeing more and more and more happen in these last days as we see around the world events taking place that, uh, are, as a Christian, we should be ready for, but I think many Christians are not, and in fact... I'm writing a new book and in fact, I don't even know what the title of the book is going to be yet it's going to be a workbook. it's going to be a study in Ephesians as a matter of fact and I talk about in that book that Christians are, how can I put this sometimes I want you know I, I don't want it to come across as I am so high and mighty and so great because I am not. I have so many shortcomings I have so many things that I I let God down many times so I want to make sure, you understand that I I know that I am not the perfect human human being. However, I do know that many people that I see calling themselves Christians do not live the Christian life at all. They join in the uh, the joke the course jokes. They join in the in drinking all the time. They join in the partying the party atmosphere of uh, of America of the American culture. They join in the party and. I, I don't believe that is how God would have us to live as Christians. He says that we should come out from among them and be separate. And that means that we should be different. We should be showing them the way we should be showing them how we are to live in Jesus Christ. And I'm not seeing that with many Christians. I am seeing that are many who call themselves Christian. I think I should say that because, uh, As we grow closer and closer and closer to the last days, I think God, he requires more and more and more from us as Christians. If we are going to call ourselves Christians, then he is going to require more of us. He says, to whom much is given, much is required. That means that he has given his son so that we might have eternal salvation. And if we have accepted his son, Knowing the sacrifice that he did for us, knowing that he died for us on the cross, we, knowing that he was beaten for us, bloody, and actually the Bible really says beyond recognition. The, the movies that we see do not do it justice. Maybe even, maybe not even the passion. As, as bad as that was seeing, as brutal as that was, seeing Christ being beaten, it, maybe it was even worse than that because it says beyond recognition. I'm sure that the swelling would have started by the time he was hung on the cross. All of what he went through for us. And yet, as Christians, being nominal, calling ourselves Christians and being nominal for him, I believe God wants more of us. He wants us to walk in his power and in his presence. And as we approach the Christmas season, I would encourage you to get your mind off the presents i would encourage you to get your mind off of the revelry as it were uh, oh you know and i'm not saying deny it. i'm not saying don't go to christmas parties i'm not i'm not trying to be an old scrooge here bah humbug i'm not saying anything of the kind i love this time of the year i love this season i love christmas time i love the fact that many people actually do act nicer and and it is a more kind time of year now really we should be kind all year round but i, I I still realize this time of year it seems to be better. Now, I will say, from when I was a kid, the people are not near as nice as they were when I was a kid nowadays. So I can see the evil, how much evil has crept into the world. But what I am saying is, get your mind off of the parties and the presents and place your focus on Jesus Christ. Place your focus on the one that the season is supposed to be about. See, actually, Christmas season was not about Jesus Christ. The Christmas season was started by Constantine the Great, I want to say 363 or so A.D., if I remember right. It was right around in that time. And he was a pagan. And uh, there was a a um, time of the year, Saturnalia, and it was the light, the festival of lights. And what it what it was is it was celebrating the summer. It was celebrating the fact that the the winters were so short, and that they were worshiping the sun god to make sure the sun came out again, to make sure that the days got long again. That's what was going on. They were worshiping the sun god. Well. Constantine the Great got saved. He came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and he recognized that that pagan holiday was no longer acceptable in his mind for him to worship the pagans. And so he canceled their festival. Well, I'm going to tell you, there was revolt in the kingdom. The entire kingdom, you're taking away our holiday, we're not going to have this. There was revolt. Well, I think wisdom from the Holy Spirit came upon him, and he says, "You know what? I'll tell you what. Let's do." Now, I don't know how how long this took. If it took a week, two weeks, a month, I don't know how long this took for him to actually come to this and be able to um, uh, appease the crowds. But he finally said, "You know what? Let's celebrate Jesus Christ's birthday on December twenty fifth instead of the sun god." And everybody said okay, we don't care who we're worshiping as long as we get our festival and our holiday. That's all they wanted. They wanted their time off. To me, that sounds a lot like Christmas right now in America. It sounds like a lot. I mean, I even heard uh, last year there was some atheist that was coming up against um, Christian. I mean, against Christmas, and there was another atheist. (laughs) Now get this. I saw this online. There was a, there was an atheist that was posting about how Christmas should be canceled. There was another atheist who posted, you know what? You need to shut up. He says, I don't worship Jesus Christ either, but you're messing with my holiday. I'm not going to get my time off if you don't shut up. We want to keep our festivals. We want to keep our holidays. That is what it looks like in America today. We have forgotten about the true meaning of Christmas that it was started in. Actually, because Constantine the Great, I have no doubt, he was converted. I have no doubt that he wanted to honor God. And so he decided, look, I want to worship Jesus on this day instead of the sun god. Because most of us know, the chances are, December 25th is not Jesus' birthday. Now, there's some proof that people have gone through lately as in the last several years, and said, oh, well, we might have actually brought it to the fact that maybe Jesus could have been born in December. Okay, great. The Bible's not specific about it, so it really doesn't matter. In fact, I'm not real sure God wanted us to celebrate Jesus' birthday at all, because he knew it would turn into something like this. But, one way or the other, um that is what happened. And so, I think the spirit of Christmas, originally, was to worship Jesus. So the spirit of the season should be to worship Jesus. Instead, the spirit of the season now is buying gifts, buying presents, the revelry and the parties. It doesn't matter what you're... You can have a holiday party. You can have a nothing party, a winter party. You know, they turn it to the winter festival. They're they're trying to do everything they can do to take the name of Christ out of the holiday of Christmas. So ever the, the politically correct are trying to remove the name of Christ... From this time of year, uh, fortunately, so far that has not happened. It had it is, there's a couple been in some years, especially when Barack Obama was in office. It looked like that might come closer to happening, and now it looks like that has been turned around, at least for the moment. So here we are. We're in this Christmas season, and we're in the last days. We are in the time when the troubles and sorrows are beginning, are beginning on the earth. Birth pains are growing more and more steady earthquakes are growing more and more steady all of the storms all of what the the uh the elite want to call climate change or or uh, global warming or whatever it is they can do to keep it man made because understand if they keep it man made then they don't have to worship god see it's something we can control let's keep this man made and if i keep it man made that means man can control it. If man made it, man can control it. We don't need to pray to God to fix it. We can fix it ourselves. And how do we fix it? We fix it by making slaves of the population is what we do. We, all of the lower population of the earth become slaves because they are now going to be taxed or whatever it is for, uh, uh, for those times that they need to, um, um, that they want to to get more money or more taxes or whatever, as they've called it global warming, that's really all that's going on, and of course you can you can disagree with me, and that's fine. There are many out there who may just disagree with me. They may say you don't know what you're talking about that's fine as well, as far as the flooding of the earth, I'm not concerned about that. God said that we would not be flooded again. He said the last that last flood with Noah was the last time he would flood the earth, and so we don't have to worry about that. We're not going to be flooded. So now we just live our lives and we worship God and allow him to control everything. And so that is not what the elite wants. The elite wants us to follow them. So as we enter into this time of year, we need to remember Jesus is in control. And so what's that have to do with what we're studying? What's that have to do with Second Peter, the first chapter, the 16th verse? Right there in the chapter, in the verse, it says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And I do not want to give you cunningly devised fables as man is doing today. As the elite, as the... uh, the left has done that many have bought into, that many say I'm crazy because I don't believe in global warming. I don't believe in man-made climate change. I believe God is in control and I think what is happening right now is what we are seeing in the book of Revelation and in the book of Matthew chapter 24 that tells us that we, that the pains and the sorrows have begun and they will get more and more and more just as birth pains on a woman that we will get more and more and more of these pains and wars and earthquakes and storms and mass chaos and all of the things that are coming on the world right now because we are entering more into the last days. We are in that time. I think we are in the time of sorrows, are coming very close to that time of sorrows that has begun.
2: So where does that bring us? Where it brings me is to remind you
1: that this Christmas season and every day thereafter focus on the name and the power and the might of Jesus Christ, to focus on the fact that God loved us so much that he sent his son so that we might have eternal salvation. And if we accept his son as Lord and Savior of our life, that he will send the Comforter, that he will send the Holy Spirit to us in power, so that we might walk in the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, just like all of Peter is telling us. To grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. God is in control. Second Peter 1, 17. In fact, let, it's, it's, let's just start at 16 uh, again. I'll just read the, reread that. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, see, they're talking about the coming of Jesus. Again, Peter's talking about the coming of Jesus. We know for a fact Jesus is coming back. When? We don't know that. But we do know from Matthew 24, the day and the hour looks like it's coming, it's growing closer, it's happening more and more and more of all the things that are listed in Matthew 24, so I believe we're getting close. 17, for we received from God the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, and of course Most of us know, if you know your Bible, you know that the the Holy Spirit came down to Jesus as he was being baptized. God the Father spoke to the multitudes and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And so that is what Peter is talking about right here. And now look, but he received from God the Father honor and glory is to Jesus Christ, which of course leads us back again to the Christmas season or in every day. Okay. But we are in the Christmas season. So let's just talk about it. All, uh, every season should lead back glory and honor to Jesus Christ. That is, that's who the Holy Spirit points to so that God gave us the Holy Spirit. So that we might give glory and honor so that we might understand the power of God so that he gives us this comfort to know that Jesus is not gone forever. That he, in fact, Jesus is not gone at all. He is omnipresent just like God. But in the body, he will come back physically. He is coming the second time. He's coming to get us. It will be in his glorified body. We will live in a glorified body as well. It won't be this old sorry body that we're in here. Somehow we will be transformed into a glorified body that can obviously can go through walls and um, is uh, multidimensional because Jesus, when he came back and he met with the disciples after his death, he said, touch my hands and my feet. Can't you feel the scars? So we know that he had a body, but yet... He was able to pass through walls and he was able to to enter into the other dimension. So that is how we will be in our glorified body. This time of year should remind you to give glory and honor to Jesus Christ. In this Merry Christmas time of year, I pray that your focus is more on Christ than ever before this year. I pray that your focus is off of the presence, is off of all the 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 um, the revelry that goes on in this time of year and that it will be focused on Jesus so that we might receive the grace and the power that is given to us by God so that we might be able to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ that's what all the power is for that's what all the fuss is about it's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ brother Ron Stotel is in the studio with me brother Ron. Merry Christmas.
2: Well, Merry Christmas, Pastor. We'll, we'll leave Christ in Christmas for as long as we can here in America, Amen. at least. In our hearts forever, well, for eternity. Uh, exactly. It's easy for those that already have it to keep it. Amen. Than to try to convince those that don't have it to try to get it. But we'll keep working on them. So, yes, going back to Second uh, Peter, verse 16. Peter's saying here, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. What better than from the apostles themselves for them to say that? Because they were eyewitnesses to the teachings of Jesus. So when they say this, they're saying, we witnessed it firsthand. We know the truth and the false teachings. So listen to what we're saying, because we know what we're talking about. In the And this is where I believe the foundation of the apostles' doctrine comes from, that to listen to the apostles because they were first-hand witnesses to Christ. And after he left, they were the ones that went out and taught the early church. So if you or I witness something, uh, a miracle or a traffic accident, and people come to us and say, what happened? Well, they're going to take an eyewitness account before they'll take a secondhand account. Right. So that's why he's saying here, For they haven't followed it because they know exactly what Jesus said. So we need to listen to what they say once Jesus was already gone. Because they witnessed more than is actually in Scripture. So they know more of his teachings, the 40 days in between his his resurrection and ascension. It says he taught them everything they needed to know. So the Bible doesn't say exactly everything that he taught. But the disciples went out into the world after that and taught the early church all those principles that he taught them in the 40 days. Wouldn't it be great if we had another book of the Bible just covering those 40 days? It would almost leave no question, which for those of us that are believers, we don't have any question in the first place. But to clear up some of those questions that we do have about certain topics, I mean, it would be great if we had that, those 40 days in Scripture. But then we wouldn't need as much faith. So it. It's good that he didn't in the way that it encourages our faith, but it would be nice if we did have him, just like a bunch of other things in Scripture. And what what kind of cunningly devised
1: fables are we talking about? Well, number one, uh, Oprah Winfrey. Let's just talk about that one. She uh, she purports that uh, there are many ways to the top of the mountain, that the, the Jesus Christ is not the only way, that there are many ways to get to God, and he's just a way, which, of course, goes absolutely against the Christian faith, which means she's not a Christian. That's exactly what that means. It means that she is now giving uh something that is against Scripture. That means she is antichrist. Alright? Let's just, just just name it like it is. She is anti Christ. She is not going the way Christ would have us to go, which is except him. I he's Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. No man and that means men or women comes to the Father except through me. So that's pretty. In fact, that's not pretty. That is absolutely specific as to to how we are to come to the Father. And then, of course, uh, Joel Osteen pretty much kind of starts laying in that same thing. when you, He starts fudging when you start talking about homosexuality and those issues. It's like, wait a minute. Now, I don't know if I can really declare that that uh, that homosexuality is a sin. He can't just come right out. He's afraid of losing his money, his influence and his worldly power, so he will not state the, that that the Bible says that homosexuality is a sin. And then the the pastor of the uh, the church uh, in New York and Hillsong. In, in, in Hillsong Church, yeah. same thing. He will not come out and talk about sin. He will not talk about it. He says he needs to get to know someone before he says what's sin and what's not. Well, what is that? why is that pertinent? Why does that have anything to do with anything? Because the, all you got to know is what the Bible says what's sin and what is not. Then you can lead your people. You can lead your people in what is sin and what is not. So that is the cunningly devised fables. And, and so how is it cunning? Well, Hillsong, the production at Hillsong is awesome. You know, you see that on YouTube and you see some the production is just out of this world. The same with the production of Joel Osteen. And what about Oprah Winfrey? Wherever she goes, she has stadiums and she has people setting up her lights and she has all of these things. I mean, these and so people are going to follow these fables because of uh, of all the glitz and all the glamour that is going on. Instead, we do not come to you with the glitz and the glamour. We come to you with the truth.
2: Of Jesus Christ. Well, I can speak specifically. It's Pastor Carl Lentz of the Hillsong Church in New York. And he went on The View. And they asked him, which I believe almost anything on that show is staged, but it really speaks to where he stands as, as a pastor. They asked him, they said, Do you believe abortion is sin? And yeah, he went on and said on t- national TV, which has millions of viewers, well, I have to get to meet the person and understand their story. Where in Scripture does it say we're going to justify sin at one point point, not another based off the person's situation? Now, where he recanted from that a bit is he went on Twitter afterwards and says, well, I do believe that that abortion is sin. So that's where the compromise in the so-called church is coming in. They'll go in front of a national audience and say one thing, and then when people question him, instead of going back on a national audience and saying, uh, I was wrong, I'm sorry, he goes on something as small as a Twitter, which he still may have thousands of followers on Twitter, but it's nowhere near the national audience. So that's where the, the compromises come in, where he's trying to appease to the many, and then when there are those that question him, they go, ...to the minority to recant.
1: And of course, here's Jesus speaking. Revelation 3.16. So because... well, let me, let me, Revelation 3.15, let's go back one. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. Or it says cold nor hot. Sorry, I, I, I don't want to quote out of context. I wish you were either one or the other. Now 16. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. And really, if you take that to the Greek... That word is, I am about to vomit because you make me sick because you will not pick a side. You don't have the guts to pick a side. You can either have the guts to stand for Jesus. And Jesus said that if you deny him before the people that God, that he will deny you before his father in heaven. So if you don't have the guts to, to stand for Jesus in front of millions of people, you've got the platform. If you've got the platform for millions of people, you should speak the words of Jesus, not your own, to make sure you keep your money coming, to keep your power going. You should speak for Jesus Christ if you've got the microphone. But instead, God says, or Jesus says that he will vomit you out of his mouth because you are lukewarm. You don't have the guts to say that you're a Christian and you don't have the guts to say that you're on your way to hell. So you want to ride defense. Well, I'm going to tell you, the way I read this, if somebody's going to vomit you out of your mouth, it don't sound like you're saved, so you're on your way to hell just because you are omitting Jesus Christ, just because you are trying to walk the fence instead of declaring
2: the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Scripture backs up just what you said. Those that are believers will bear fruit. So if you're not bearing fruit, then are you truly a believer? And that's those lukewarm that you're talking about. And they're, who they're... is
1: he talking to? He says right here in 317, the very next verse, you say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Well, that That pretty well puts it right into perspective, doesn't it? It's the same. I think, you know, I've always, I've been an American all my life. I grew up here. I was born here. I've always loved America. But what I have seen now is America is rich and has acquired wealth and does not need a thing. And it is now wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked because we will no longer honor God because we don't need him anymore. We have man-made climate change. We can fix that. We have the doctors and the pills. We can fix those things. We or we think we can. We can't really fix any of that, but it makes it feel like it. We can we can be uh, jumped up on pills and make us feel like we're okay. We you know we have we don't need to ask God to supply our needs and money because we have somebody else that'll supply it for us. So as we, that's where our culture is right today. Is exactly
2: this verse right here. And the churches are there also. Absolutely. And and I know you've mentioned this before. Churches that try to build income in banks. Why? Right. God gave you that money to work for his ministry. If you are relying on a buffer in your bank account and refusing to invest that money in the kingdom, then you're not. Then you're investing into the world, aren't you? You are. Yeah, because you're you're not using what God gave you. And really, for the scripture
1: ministry. I read it says that that you might as well, that's like uh, putting your money in in a vault where the moths are, and the moths just eat it all up, the paper money, because yeah. it's not going to any good. It's not doing anything for the kingdom.
2: That's right, and they're at what that means is they're trusting more on that bank account to sustain them if something happens than for God to sustain them.
1: That's exactly right. So it is time for us to wake up as a church. We are in the last days. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's time for you to proclaim his message in this Christmas season. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining with us. If you uh, do not have the app, please go to the His Gospel Power app on iTunes or on uh, Google Apps and um, download our app so that you might be able to listen to us on your phone anytime. Thank you for joining with us. Until next time, I pray you receive his gospel power today. Shouts of loud obscenities they did not
3: understand.
0: Man who bore the cross for them walked a guiltless man. A godless man named Pilate understood his innocence so-called godly men of this world boldly pronounced his sentence. His lonely walk through town brought shouts and weeping sighs. But Jesus walked on boldly, giving warning with his cries. He But only for yourselves If men do these things when the tree is green What will happen when it
3: dries? Go got those heat
0: Somewhere deep inside, this man, he has no sin, but has to play a role, they cast lots and call him names, but as he dies, they realize, this man, he bears no shame.